there was just one MLS, the cost I think would dramatically drop as far as agent fees because services like mine, like homecoin.com would have come along a long time ago and said, okay, we're going to be able to list you on this MLS for, you know, a dollar and basically just as a service. And then we'll try and, you know, upsell you on different other things. But the, the issue is though, there's so much fragmentation in the MLS system that it's very expensive just to be a part of all these MLSs. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have John Minerick. John is the founder and CEO of HomeCoin.com, a prop tech startup company that allows homeowners to list their own properties on the MLS for just $95. Traditionally, you would have to get a licensed agent to do this for you, which could cost thousands of dollars. If you're a home flipper who spends thousands of dollars every time you list one of your own properties or are trying to list a property in a different MLS, then this is a great solution for you. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com. Enjoy. All right. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and what do you do? My name is John Minerick and I'm a broker. I'm a programmer and uh, I run a company called homecoin.com and uh, we help investors and home sellers save more money uh, when they sell their home. So tell us more about HomeCoin. How did you guys even come up with it and what does it do for investors or home sellers? The idea originally came up right during the housing meltdown in 2007, 2008 timeframe. And the idea was like, how do we, how do we make software that helps, you know, people save money on their sales where there's a lot of frustration with the real estate community because people, they just kind of felt like they needed to use agents for different things and they were costing a lot of money and whatever else. So the idea was that, hey, let's take the bundle of services that agents offer, let's break it apart and offer each service individually. And as an example, we list people's homes on the MLS for $95. So we offer every other service that uh, a typical agent will offer as well. But just the idea of, of breaking apart that bundle of services, you really get rid of a lot of fat because when you have to start naming prices for each individual service, it's, it's hard to, to hide the cost, basically. So for example, what else do you guys break into and what do you guys actually do? So we do, the, the biggest thing we do is the MLS listings. Um, we list all over the state of California, for the most part, any major area. Uh, it's $95, all done through our website. You know, we have lock boxes that you can rent. Those are 125. We have, you know, posts, uh, installation, free signage. We, we offer the uh, posts for most er- major areas of the state. If you need forms help, we have transaction coordinators we can connect you with. They're usually around $400. So, and then we have a bunch of freebies as well. We work with different vendors uh, like Title and escrow. And so we, get, we offer some free stuff like free flyers in Southern California, free valuation reports, free comps. So it's really all about how do we make investors and, and just home sellers the most money possible. Mainly our clients are, are, are divided up amongst uh, flippers. That's, that's like our number one target audience. And then we get a lot of real estate professionals, uh, oddly, who either, hey, they're, say they're an agent in San Francisco and they can't list on the MLS down in Los Angeles and they have a property they're selling down there and they just use us to get listed on the MLS and they handle everything themselves. Um, but then we also have people who, the agents who have a client that say say they, they know Sean and Sean's their client and Sean wants to list a home in, you know, say uh, Sacramento and, and your favorite agent is not a, a member of the Sacramento MLS. We are, 
So you list it through us and then your agent can still handle the paperwork in that regard. So there's a lot of different angles, I guess, for um, people to get involved on it. And are most people only buying, I guess, the endless listing package, which is just $95 to throw it on? Or do they also usually get something else with it as well? That's the main thing people are interested in. It's nice because we don't require you to buy anything. You know, it's like if you just want endless listing, that's, we're totally fine with that. But it's we also have a service where you know, we have a broker available if, if a seller, they get listed on the MLS and they decide, oh man, I'm in over my head. I need help with paperwork. I need help with negotiations. We have all that, but it's all a la carte. So you can tack it on later. Like you're not required to do this up upfront spend of a couple thousand dollars. You can sort of ease your way into the transaction, which I think a lot of people like that flexibility, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you guys are definitely bringing in a lot of value because $95 is a lot different compared to the traditional amount you spend on an agent. Is it is it two point five percent or three percent down there in San Diego? Yeah, typically two point five is well on the MLS about half of all homes are offering two and a half. So on a million dollar property you're spending twenty five thousand dollars just to have your property listed on the MLS with an agent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is too is that when you if you you know, you look at the standard listing agreement that, that that's used and basically if if Sean is the, the listing agent and the buyer comes along without an agent on their end, Sean collects that entire 5% or 6%. Like that's how the standard listing agreement is. And um, that's something we change too. We say basically, hey, if the, if the buyer comes directly to you, Sean, or if the buyer comes directly to the seller, that's perfect. You just sold your house for 95 bucks and no commissions. Mm-hmm. And you, you were seeing that more and more, I feel, where buyers are for different reasons. They're just going directly to, they either call us directly or they, or they contact our, our sellers directly. So, you know, potentially if, you know, you had a, that same million dollar house that you were selling or that, hey, that's cool. You saved that two and a half percent on the listing side. But if the buyer came to you directly or they called us and got redirected to you, you potentially saved $50,000, which is, you know, pretty substantial. Yeah, it's huge. And it's so funny because I met you because I actually cold called you because I saw that you had a lot of sales in the area. I, I, I missed... I mistook you for an agent who is very active here in the Bay Area. So why is it that your name is the one that shows up as the listing agent? Uh, I'm the broker for homecoin.com. I'm, I'm, I'm the owner of the company, but I'm also you know I'm the broker. And so whenever we list the property, it's under my name. It says homecoin.com, you know, John Minerick. And so, yeah, so you'll see that we're, you know, one of the higher producing brokers in San Francisco and Sacramento and Fresno and, Bay, you know, like all over the state, basically. So. Right. And where are your clients usually based out of? It, you know, it's, it varies. We do a lot of business in the East Bay. Uh, we do in Los Angeles on uh, California Regional MLS. I think we have the most listings for any one broker. Like, I, I think I have the most listings that currently, you know, so we got like 150 active listings in LA area. And so, you know, you just, yeah, it's all over the state, really. And how are people finding out about your, your guys' company? We get a lot of word of mouth referrals, actually, probably our biggest our biggest way. And we try and, you know, just treat people really fairly. And that's kind of our business plan. It's like, you know what, we're not getting rich off these listings individually. But if we find someone like Sean, who maybe is doing six flips a year or something like that, and hey, cool, that's, you know, 600 bucks. And hopefully we get a, you know, long-term relationship with there. And so it's all just, you know, adding up. And so we we rely on volume. Um, that's, that's our angle. It's just, we use software to the way it's meant to be used, which is, you know, it's very scalable and you just do a ton of volume. And so we'll do, we'll probably do over a thousand listings this year. We usually typically do about three listings a day. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Imagine if you were actually collecting full commission on those $1,000, that'd be an insane amount of money. You retired after one year. That's yeah. right. That's right. So what's your background like? How did you even get started in creating software? 
so as I mentioned, we, we I kind of started looking into it when the housing bubble was bursting and it, there seemed to be some, some need for some different options in real estate and got into it with a friend and we, we tried it for a while on, uh, you know, trying doing outsourcing software development, all that kind of thing. It's really hard. Software is, it can be tricky if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and then, so eventually what happened was I, I started programming my own. I, I started reading books, learning how to do it. And that's how I kind of became a programmer. And I started, I built homecoin.com and I went through a couple iterations of it where things just didn't, it wasn't built the right way. And so I think we finally have the right solution, the right platform now. And so it's, but it's taken, you know, eight years to get to this point or 10 years. And it's really amazing too, because software, the, the, some of the things you can do with software, like when you called me the other day, Sean, you might've noticed that our phone system, it's like, it sounds like you're dealing with like the board, you know, it's like a robot talking to you. It's like, Hey, you reach homecoin.com. But what it does is it interacts with our database. So it's kind of cool. So if, if a home buyer calls us and they're interested in a property we have listed, say they see our phone number on realtor.com or whatever, the buyer calls us and we, then we say, Hey, you know, press one if you're a buyer. And basically we'll say, well, what's your, what's the property you're interested in? What's the street number or what's the, whatever else. And we say, okay, cool. And we, we are, we automatically, the software automatically looks at the database and says, okay, you're trying to reach Sean. Who's the owner of that property. Sean's phone number is this press one. If you want to talk to Sean right now. And so it's a really, it's really amazing. Some of the, and that's just one example of what software can do. And, where we can start connecting the buyers directly to the sellers without us even having to get, get involved with it at all. And that's just the beginning. It's, it's going to do so much more in the future. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk about disruption in real estate right now. And I, I mean, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I, I really believe that, that software is, is going gonna, is gonna to do some pretty amazing things. And I think we got some, we actually have some cool things coming out here at the end of the year. So I, I'm excited to hopefully I can tell you more about them once we're. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Launched, so. I mean, I've been interviewing a lot of, I guess, tech CEOs, I guess, kind of like yourself, who are doing some pretty interesting things in the real estate space. It's called prop tech, right? Prop tech. Yeah. 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 And it's like, yeah, real estate's a super old industry. People still send out direct mail as a you know main source of generating leads. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. And I, and I don't really, why software has not really eaten that industry. There's, a, there's an interesting book out. It, it's, it was written by Steve Case and he was the, former uh, CEO of uh, the AOL, I think, but he's kind of just saying how the we're in this new third wave of software where it's starting to intrude upon these very old, like old industries, you know, and then the most obvious examples are Airbnb with hotel, you know, they're kind of like disrupting that space and, you know, taxis, the Uber Lyft, but that's basically where software is, is moving into this phase where now it's starting to go from instead of being a pure, like just servers and code, it's actually touching physical businesses and, and it's getting very integrated with physical, like these old business businesses that are uh, traditionally been uh, brick and mortar. And so it's, it's really, uh, it's exciting. And it's like, it's hard to grasp what's actually happening because we think that, you know, we're actually on this parabolic curve right now and, and the things are just moving quicker and quicker and quicker. And we think we, we tend to think we're on this like straight, you know, this, this, this uh, sort of straight line improvement in the world or in, in the way things are changing, but it's not, it's just, it's happening really quick. And you'll see, even with like, you look at like the iBuyer thing, right? I'm sure you guys have talked about that here, but that came out of the blue almost, right? I mean, it's kind of an old business in general. It's like, yeah, like your people are buying houses for cash. Like that's an old business, but it's like the way that it's, you know, what's in, in Phoenix is what 10 or 15% of the market there. It's, it's crazy. 
and that's only it seems like it's only been around for a few years i mean that, that people have really been talking about it so mm-hmm. that's like open door right where they just buy like 65 cents on the dollar you type in your address or here's a cash offer right exactly yeah yeah so do you guys have any plans on doing that it sounds like you guys are kind of similar in a sense yeah i mean we, we're gonna do everything we can we don't i don't want to do it i don't want to be involved in it. i want to empower investors and home sellers that's what we're all about like we we, we don't need to make ten thousand dollars a sale or anything like that we're happy like how can we find a way to make an extra 25 50 bucks mm-hmm. and to just do it ten thousand times right yeah how big is your team right now is it just you i have four others and um we got uh, marketing and operations and a couple programmers that uh uh, one of them actually just came back from the Bay Area. He was, he was, he's the intern at Google. Wow, you convinced him to go from Google to you guys. Yeah, hopefully he'll bring back some some good information. And but yeah, he's in school. He's just about to graduate. But and that and that's it's we're a very young team though. You know, it's not like we thought. Well, none of us are getting rich at the moment. We're just kind of like just doing. We're enjoying working on it, and uh, it's exciting because it really is. Real estate's going to change a lot in the next five years, and I think that some of the things that are going to come out out are people are going to be. And it's going to, the industry's in, in a lot of change right now, I guess. Yeah, I definitely see that too. So how did you go about building your team? Like, so I'm assuming you were, you know, you're, you're the one who started it. You created the initial prototypes. When do you start bringing on other team members? It was mainly a capital constraints is what drove the, our growth. And so it took to get people, uh, when I first, I, like I said, I've been doing this for like eight years and to get enough volume of business so you can support other people is really hard if you're only doing $95 a listing. And so it wasn't until probably last year that we had enough trust from our different customers and, and enough trust that where people were giving us enough business that I can reasonably sustain having you know other staff. And so I, I bootstrapped the business for up until now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. And so I, you know, it's just basically been driven by how much capital we have. And then what was like the first role that was like, all right, I need someone helping me on this particular role. I hired someone for marketing was my first, uh, was our first big hire and she's great. And it's one of the things though, where it's like, I feel like marketing was my weakness. It, I feel like it, it, it always has been my biggest weakness is marketing. So I'm like, well, I'm going to find someone that can just take care of this for me, um, which is actually probably not what you're supposed to do when you really start thinking, well, you're supposed to hire the one thing you know the best, right? So you can say, okay, hire that person. You can tell them exactly what to do. And then you can go and try and figure out the other things. But yeah, so I hired a, that was our first hire was a, oh, you know what? I take that back. I did. I, we brought our, our, our programmer on first and he was a, He's uh, my number, uh, yeah, I have two programmers. He's the, the first guy I had, and that was about a year ago we hired him. And he worked for, uh, I have an advisor, and he worked for my advisor, my advisor's brother. Um, he's a student at UCSD. It's basically trying to find, yeah, people who can, I, it's, you start running out of time at, at a certain point, right? Where you don't, have, you don't have time to do anything. And it's like, that's where I'm just trying to find, okay, what are, the, what are the things that I really need to be focused on right now? And it's like, okay, do the things that you can do best and then find people to do the things that you don't know how to do or don't have time to do. Right. You delegate those tasks. So what are you doing nowadays? Like what is the thing that takes up most of your time? A lot of it. So I've actually, now that I have the marketing and operations person, I don't do any data entry anymore, which is great. Uh, so I'm really focused on like, okay, what's the software look like? What, how do we make, what's the future of the, of the platform? How do we it more attractive for more sellers and how do we make them more money and how do we make it easier for them to do the transaction, not just the listing, not just to buy the market, you know, the lock boxes and the signs and how do we actually get people to, to do the, the, the how, do, how do we get a buyer to get an offer to Sean, you know, and we're, that's what we're thinking about right now. It's like, okay, how do we make that easier and how do we make it really cheap? And so 
that's a lot of what the thought is, is going into at the moment. So it's kind of like a project management or a product management type role where you're kind of seeing, all right, what's the customer flow here and how can people who just, you know, happen to stumble upon our site, how can they decide to list with us for only 95 bucks as easy as possible? Yeah, exactly. And that's the nice thing too about uh, actually, that's the nice thing about having gone through the, the grueling eight years or whatever of, of, of knowing all the different little aspects of how the whole platform works and seeing where people are getting stuck and talking to customers a ton and just is that you you get a very good overview of like, okay, here's the whole, here's what the big picture looks like. And it becomes a lot easier because when you bring a new person on, like they, you know, they only know that they're, they're a small piece that you're trying to explain to them and they, they slowly grow that their scope. But that is the biggest thing that was just providing that overview, like, Hey, here's how it all works. And here's what, you know, you need to work on. Here's what you need to work on. And so during those eight years, when you were just kind of building yourself, learning and kind of struggling to grow, were you working as an agent to you know, acquire income or how were you sustaining yourself during that time? Uh, yeah, I was doing a lot of, I, I hosted Airbnb a lot. And so, yeah, I, I had a two bedroom apartment and uh, a lot, sometimes I would rent out the whole place and I'd go sleep in my office for a week. And so that was always, that was, that was fun. But yeah, so a lot of just like hustling like that, you know, somebody, I, I was like, at the co-working space I was at at the time, I, you know, the owner would give me 10 bucks to lock up at night. I'm like, cool. You know, and you start, you do a few hundred extra bucks a month here, a couple hundred extra months there, you know, it's, it, it adds up and you just got to live very cheaply. Fortunately, despite what you hear, I, I think San Diego is actually a really cheap city to live because if you're able to hustle like an Airbnb or something like that, and you, the weather's so good here, you don't need a car, you know, you ride your bicycle everywhere, you know, there's so little that you actually need to, to live right when you really think about it and so i i think that uh it, it's helped it helped a lot that that i sand i live in san diego and it's it, it can be very cost effective you can start looking for the angles to play that's true you know i think a lot of people especially here in the bay area are very scared to i guess like leave their cushy jobs like leave their cushy day jobs to go out and try something that they really believe in because they're thinking oh yeah. man i need at least like two hundred thousand dollars a year to survive and i'm like i don't think you need that much really you know <laughs> if you really think about it like how much is food, you know, your house? Yeah, totally. And and there's so and there's so many, like when you just really sit there and just think about the ways to make money, like I mean, there's so many fun little hacks that you can do, whether it's you know, credit cards or like sign up bonuses and uh, you know, I for a while there, especially when I was really just trying to make ends meet, it was like, okay, cool, I'll sign up for this credit card and you know, it's got four hundred dollar sign up bonus equivalent and I'll basically put my pay my rent with the credit card even though I'll pay a transaction fee. And so just working all the little numbers out where you basically say, Okay, for an hour of work I just made three hundred and fifty dollars, you know, where you start and then it's like you do that a few times and it adds up. And honestly, like I don't really feel like your quality of life is that I mean, for what I don't have expensive taste and I don't I think most of the great things in life are just like hey, being outside and hanging out with your friends and maybe having a beer once in a while. It's like it's good enough, right? I mean it doesn't get, I don't know. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Though. I think the, the, the idea that you're going to need $200,000 to live is just, it's mind boggling to me. You know, I was listening to another podcast with, uh, what's his name? Dan Blitzerian, the, that one guy. On Instagram. Yeah. And he was like, dude, like all this money doesn't mean anything. Like his, his best time was like going on the beach with his friends and like eating shrooms or something, <laughs> you know, like right. that's like free basically. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just, you, you don't need too much to enjoy life and survive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for HomePoint, is this nationwide or are you only able to do this in California? At the moment, it's only in California. This At the end of this year, I think that we're going to get out of California. We're going to try and go to Florida. 
and uh, we're 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 working a lot. Actually, that's the kind of the main thing we're doing now is trying to make the platform a little more scalable, so we can you know start helping people in other states because there's a lot of we get a lot of people sign up right now that we just can't help, and and we're always bummed that we can't help them. But uh, but yeah, that's the that's the big push right now is like how do we how do we get to help people in other states basically. So I have a license and I'm on the MLS, but from what I understand, I can only work on properties in I guess like Santa Clara County, maybe SF or LA. I don't know. Like, but there's different MLSs for every different like territory, which I think is that's again, right. pretty ar- arcane and like doesn't make sense why it's like that. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because I think in California there's probably four dozen MLSs if I had to throw a number out there. Mm-hmm. And there's 600 some MLSs in the country. And one of the ways, and you'll see this with some, not every MLS, most MLSs are, are, are fine, but you, there is a little bit of a, a fiefdom that each one has where, well, one, and I'll give a one example where there's an MLS in Central California where it's it's $1,000 just to join it, right? And so when you have these high barriers, that, and that's not a high barrier entry, 1000 bucks, but it's like, it's enough, right? I mean, it's not cheap to, to join it. But when you have these MLSs that are sort of creating these higher barriers to entry, it, it starts to limit competition. Right. And so I think that that's been part of the reason. I think that it could be possibly be part of the reason why uh, there has not been more consolidation is that like it, it's it's not necessarily um, it protects it protects the real estate community a little bit by having this fragmented MLS system. There was just one MLS. The cost, I think, would dramatically drop as far as agent fees, because services like mine, like homecoin.com would have come along a long time ago and said, OK, we're going to be able to list you on this MLS for, you know, a dollar and basically just as a service. And then we'll try and, you know, upsell you on different other things. But the, the issue is though, there, there's so much fragmentation in the MLS system that it's very expensive just to be a part of all these MLSs. So, so how does that work? So if I have my license up here in the Bay Area, I'm only allowed to list properties with my MLS. I can't list it on I don't know, the other dozens that are in California. You can join them. Well, if it depends. If, if you're a broker, you can just join the MLS. You're outright and pay the fee but like you as an agent i think that you would need your broker to join that mls then you join under him or, or her right so if you're like i said i'm a broker and so yeah i go and i join bakersfield i join fresno i join sacramento and you know i join oakland I see so you have to go out of your way to join all these different mls's and pay all of their different fees so that you can now post onto their mls's exactly oh exactly geez. yeah and you need to be on the local MLS because you you want to incentivize the local as a seller. You want to incentivize the local agents, right? Yep. Um, and so you you need to to show it doesn't do you any good if like you're selling a home up in San Francisco. It doesn't do you any good to list on the Los Angeles MLS because the people in San, the agents up in San Francisco they can't even see it on their MLS. Mm. You know they don't know what you're offering for compensation. They don't know any of that. And so you always want to list it on your local MLS. And that's why it gets expensive. And so if we're, if we're paying, you know, we're paying thousands of dollars a year just to be members of, of MLSs, basically. That makes sense. And that's why that one SF agent is going with you guys to list the property in Los Angeles, but he probably has a team to do all the open houses and the marketing and whatnot, but he just doesn't want to pay the thousands of dollars to list just that one property. Exactly. Yeah. And we, and we, we just, actually, I just had a, a woman, uh, an agent in Baker's or she's actually in the Bay area and she had listed her she was helping her son sell the property, but they needed to get listed on the Bakersfield MLS. And, you know, it's, like I said, it's a thousand dollars to join the MLS and it's, you know, you got quarterly fees. And so nobody's going to spend a couple, couple grand just to be a part of the MLS. So it's a lot easier to pay, pay homecoin.com 95 bucks or actually well, it's one ninety nine in, in Bakersfield, but pay us that our small fee will get you listed. And then, you know, you can go from there. Mm-hmm. So, Do you have any uh, 
big competitors or who, who is your biggest competitor in this field? So there's a lot of like small players. It's also a very fragmented market. There's no national sort of what's in the product. We main product we sell is called flat fee MLS is, is what it's called. It's you're listing on MLS for a flat fee, obviously, but uh, there's a lot of like local players. And so there's some very, I guess the biggest one that I can nail off the top of my head is probably like us realty. They list properties. Um, you know, they they have brokers that are members of a lot of different MLSs throughout the country. They do they do have some listings in California, but as far as California goes, we're probably the biggest. We are the biggest in California. Mm-hmm. It's what number of listings we probably have like three hundred active listings at the moment. Yeah, that's that's basically there. And there's a lot of like really old school or sort of old players in the industry who have been around for a long time. They're still charging you know two three hundred dollars four hundred dollars a listing, but we're, we we try and be like the most cost competitive and the most easy to use, and just we just try and be super just be aggressive and try and win that customer for 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 life basically you don't consider like redfin or something as a competitor right they're they're a discount broker but yeah not really they're they're kind of you know the person that would go with redfin i mean we probably have some overlapping customers but i think in general the people that are are really interested in in using us they're probably turned off by redfin because redfin's like i'm not gonna you know they don't want to spend that one and a half percent or whatever they rev been charges these days, they'd rather say, "Hey, we're gonna give Homecoin hundred bucks and have them list it, and they'll take care of it." You know, that's a, that's a big savings, right? One and a half percent or one percent versus hundred bucks, which is crazy. Because for me, I think one percent is still pretty good, but hundred bucks is like nothing, right? Well, you know, that's what's fascinating too is that like you see with Redfin, you know, they were very innovative when they, especially when they first came out. Everybody's like, "Wow, Redfin's listing homes for one and a half percent." And I don't know what you guys are seeing up there, but I mean, around here, I look around and it's like, I feel like everybody's offering 1% now. You know, it's like the way that commissions have become compressed is just really incredible. And I think that that trend is going to continue to happen. You know, I don't see commissions going up anymore. Mm-hmm. Wait, going up? There's no way, especially with the price point yeah, so no high. Way. There's no way commissions are going up. They should be compressed. Right. Like houses here are like 1.5 to $2 million. Yeah. Take your two and a half percent and be happy. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. It's funny. I, I had a firm, I, I won't say who it is, but they reached out to me recently and they, they just saw we did a ton of business and they're like, Hey, we want to, we want to talk. And I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you guys. But I'm like, you guys know what we do, right? We do. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we know what we do. Anyway, I get in there and I start talking to them and they, it was kind of like, like an acquisition kind of thing. And I'm like, guys, you understand that we're making a hundred bucks a listing here. Right. And they're like, Oh, we didn't realize that. And, but one of the things that they had said to me though, was that their model was sort of built upon this idea that they were going to maintain commissions at two and a half percent on the listing side or raise that or bring that up. And I'm listening there like, man, like, good luck, fellas. Like, that's going to be a tough one because, and it, but it's, you know, and there's a lot of people out there. I mean, uh, being us being active in the industry, we, we kind of see the different offerings out there as, as you have seen them, but there's a lot of home sellers that just aren't aware that there's a ton of competition in real estate and that they're, they're not aware. They're all thinking like, Oh, I got to offer, you know, two and a half, or I got to pay five to 6% to sell my home. But that's, you know, that, that secret's kind of getting out and people are realizing that, wow, you can get a listing for 1% or, or $195 through us, you know. So, but it'll take a while yet, but I think that the industry is, is definitely being disrupted. Mm-hmm. So. But so now with you listing like thousands of properties a year, do you have a, is there any concern about liability as the broker? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely concern, but it's like liability and everything i guess though right you know if you're doing a flip and it, it, like there's not i don't think there's anything in the world that doesn't have liability and we we try and spell it all out in our listing agreement like we're doing this one thing for you and this one thing only 
Uh, we're not representing you in the paperwork. You know, that's on you. And we just try and be painfully transparent about everything. And yeah, there, there's liability, but it doesn't, it's just something you, right, you just deal with it. Right. You protect yourself the best you can. And then, because I know sometimes like if a buyer gets a house and, you know, they have about two or three years to go back and sell, go back and sue the seller if they want to, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. sometimes they bring the agent down with them too. You know, they, they, Hey, this guy misrepresented and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Which is, which is why we, you know, I mean, and that's one way we sort of try to limit our liabilities. We, and we make that very clear in the listing agreement that we're, we're not representing paperwork. We make sure that the buyer's agent knows that we're not representing the seller. And we're just basically, all we do is MLS, MLS entry only. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's a very, it's actually a, a well-established thing in, um, you know, on MLSs, they even have like a special flag for MLS entry only. Mm. So, but it's, I'm sure at some point we'll get sued. I'm, I'm, and there's no doubt. Let's knock on wood that it's not for a long right. time. And it's only <laughs> until you have millions and millions and millions and you don't care about these rounding errors. Let's walk through the the steps to put a property on the MLS through HomeCoin. You know, I want to kind of mm. see how easy is it, you know, is it a three-step process or how does it work? Yeah. So the first thing is, as I mentioned, as we just talked about, there's dozens of MLSs in California. And so what's interesting is that if you list the property in like a residential single family home in San Francisco, the form that you would fill out for the San Francisco MLS is very different than the form you'd fill out for the Los Angeles MLS, even though it's the same property type, right? Fields are completely different. Like it might be a two page form for San Francisco. It's like a seven page form for Los Angeles, right? And so one of the, the one of the software challenges that we at base like okay how do we boil it how, how do we make this so we want to give the seller the exact form they need to fill out for the exact mls they're going to be listed on and so basically we we have a way that we've made it really easy to to integrate those into our site and so yeah you sign up to the website you add your property we show you all the products we offer and then you just pick whatever one you want and basically the listing process we've, we've broken it down to like six or seven steps and it's all just basically filling out the exact forms for the MLS, we save all the information so you can get halfway through it and say, okay, I'm going to go and you know have dinner or whatever else. We save it all and come back at any time, log back in and pick up where you left off. And basically you sign the documents electronically through our website, you submit payment, and we have you listed within 24 hours. It's cool. It's really cool because in, we usually are a lot faster in 24 hours. Like sometimes we'll, we'll be able to turn around the listing in an hour. And so it's fun as a flipper. Like if you're like, okay, I got, I got to get this property and, you know, the up on the MLS and, be a, being able to see you get on your phone, you can do it on your mobile phone if you really want to, and to enter in all the information and submit, and then an hour later to see it on Redfin. So that's all automated, right? Do you guys manually come in at any time? No, yeah. We so we actually the we manually input all the information to the MLS. That's like a big challenge, and it's something the MLS is they don't have an API that we can just plug into. There's some. And there's also some legal, there's some restrictions MLSs have about us doing it programmatically. And you, there's also some liability stuff that you need to take care of. Like you need to make sure to review the listing, make sure they didn't like violate some like bare housing guidelines or, you know, violate MLS rules where they would get fined. So we review everything before it goes into the MLS. But yeah, and then once you, and then once we have it on the MLS, you're able to manage it through our website. So like if, if you know, if you find like, hey, I'm, I'm, my price isn't right, you can just submit a change to our website, update the price. So if they want to, they can update the description, the photos, and then someone on your team will see all that and then make the script, make the changes for them. Exactly. That seems like a pretty busy yeah. time. Like, so do you have a guy doing that full time database management? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of process involved and that's, that's a big, then that's one of the reasons, I don't know, maybe 
there's not a lot of big companies out there doing this because it just takes a lot of process and figuring stuff out and you got to do a lot of transactions and just to figure out, okay, where are people getting stuck? And I feel pretty good about where we're at with it right now, but even us, it's like, we need to, okay, how do we, how do we offshore this or how do we uh, automate that? And it's, yeah, it's good. It's mm-hmm. a learning process. And but. you know how sometimes like if you're an agent and you sell your own property, you have to kind of disclose that you are an agent and this is your, you have a vested interest in the property, but if they go through you, does that still apply? It does. Yes, it does. Yeah. But you'll see as an agent though, you'll just see like if you're, you're a licensee and if you listed a property through HomeCoin, you basically, we would show you that there's a field on the MLS for private remarks to agents and you could, you will know, use, you know, seller's licensee. But that's it. Does it have, do you have to write that uh, the selling agent is vested, has a vested interest in the property because technically they're not the listing agent, right? Right. They're, they're, yeah, they're not the, they're not technically agent. They're, they're treated as if they're just a typical home seller. All they do is all you would do is just say okay. seller is a licensee uh-huh. and that's, that's your compliance. Okay. With the law. Cool. <clears throat> and we actually, it's funny. We, ha- we have that happen a lot and we have a, uh, we deal with some title and escrow companies who give like free stuff to our sellers, like open house kits and valuation reports, et cetera. And uh, they've made the remark to me before and said, John, you know, a lot of your sellers are actually licensees or they're, they're very, savvy with real estate whether they're you know former licensees current licensees more they're mortgage people like they we get a lot we have a pretty educated um, mm-hmm. customer base yeah what are some of the biggest challenges that you and your team are facing right now so we have software challenges just like hey you know how do we how do we how do we make this uh more scalable we have i mean there's always capital constraints you know we don't uh like i said we bootstrap this thing or I, I bootstrapped this for the last you know eight or nine years and where, you know, if I had had a million dollars and like, Hey, I can move a lot faster, but at the same time, do I want to take that? You don't, you know, you don't want to like, as the owner, you don't want to like dilute yourself, you know, crazy amount. So yeah, there's, there's capital constraints. There's just, you know, not enough hours in a day, like all of us have, right. Like we, we just, sometimes there's so many things, you know, exactly what needs to be done, you know how to do it. And it's just like, all right, how do I make time for this? So imagine you didn't have a capital constraint. Imagine you had just say an extra million dollars right now how would you spend that so that it would make your business grow faster? I would, I would probably bring in another engineer or two, uh, you know, cause we, we know the things that we want to build. We, and some of them we've even built in the past and I took them down. And one example of, well, there's a lot of examples, but we know what we need to build. We know how to build it. And it's just basically, do I have the time and money to pay or either to build it myself or to pay one of my programmers to, to build it, you know? And so I think that there's that I would probably spend the money on, on more engineers and um, maybe some more, I mean, there's just so many ways to spend it though. It's like marketing, like it's amazing. Cause you talk to uh, how much have you heard about flat fee MLS listings before you? I mean, I've heard Sean? of them before, but I have not heard of any actual company that does it. You know, I don't know a name that popped into my head right away. Got Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that just knowing that there's a lot of people, a lot of, flippers and other just real estate professionals that are they have no idea you tell them what flat fee listing they're like what are you talking about dude like that's you know they don't have any idea what you're talking about which is fair enough you know Uh, so there's a big awareness problem and so that's that's another thing that i would sort of like to start tackling that like how do we get the word out better because um, right now it's like it's a tremendous tool available to home sellers but nobody knows that you can do this you know we even have agents sometimes agents will call us and be like you can't do this like yeah we can you know it's in, it's in the mls rules like you, you can do this that you can you can break apart that bundle of services agents offer and just do you know the listing mm-hmm. only so 
but there's, yeah, there, there's, so there's a lot of things, I guess, to sort of round it out. There's a, there's a lot of things that I think that we could spend time and money on and, uh, but we'll get there. You know, I think that, I think that we're, we're, we're feeling good about where the industry's headed. And I think we're feeling really good about, we have the knowledge base, you know, to, to build what needs to be yeah. built. I think it's like we mentioned before, how, you know, real estate in general is kind of an archaic industry. And I think it's because, you know, we're dealing with large numbers and this might be the, the most expensive thing that most people buy in their lifetimes. So they want to make sure that they have some kind of mm-hmm. professional handholding. Cause like right now people are finding their properties on Redfin anyways, they're not even relying on their agent to show them properties. They just want the agent to like review the docs. But what if you're a professional exactly. seller like myself, or if you're an agent already, you don't need a professional to hold your hand on this stuff. Right. You, you just need, you just need like a, um, we're, we're basically selling you a tool like, Hey, here's one tool you're going to need. And that's, you know, you're not buying like a professional, you know, you're not buying a, a full blown agent. You're just, you know what you're doing and we're going exactly. to provide that to you. So what's next for you guys? You mentioned that you have a lot of things coming up pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're having a lot of fun with, are you, are you, are you familiar with Twilio, Twilio by any chance? Yeah. Isn't Twilio like a project management type c- company? It's a, well, it's a, it's like a telephony, like API where that's what we use to interact with our database. So if, if, if oh, John, wait, hold on. Is Twilio the one where you can send text messages to people? Yes. You can do all kinds of things with Twilio, like, but that they, they basically make it really easy for you to, they make an API for phones basically. And I'm probably, there's probably Twilio engineers listening. They're like, no, we do way more than that dude. But one of the things they do is they make it really fun. They make some really interesting things where we can take our 800 phone number, our 88 phone number and say, we plug it into our database where if Sean calls it, you can start talking to any one of our home sellers, like within like a minute, but there's a lot more stuff you can do. You can start doing the text. Say, say you started texting, say we have our phone number on a sign and you wanted to text the number and get information on the property. That's something that we're, we're looking at, you know, building something like that right now. And there's, and that's just the scratching the surface. I don't want to, I don't want to reveal too much of our plans, but it's, there is just so many things that software will do in real estate. And, and another thing too, is we, at one time prior to this iteration of homecoin.com, previously we had a platform where it enabled John, the home buyer to submit an offer directly to Sean, the home seller. And we're basically, it would ask, Hey John, how much you want to offer Sean? Blah, blah, blah. I'd answer the questions and fill out the contract, electronically sign it, go to you. And it enabled us. And then once you agreed to it, it would pull out all the information and show us exactly here's how much time for each obligation. Here's when your, you know, your dates are coming up. And it just made it really, it really put the buyer and seller in the driver's seat. And it's sort of, uh, I think that that is where real estate software is headed. And I think that when we originally had it up, it was cool. We, you know, we closed half a dozen transactions with it and, so, and the people that use it were like, this is really interesting. Um, it was still a little too complicated, a little too early, but we, we know how to build it and we will build it again. And I think that that's where it's going to get really fun, especially as a right now, a lot of flippers are very comfortable with us and they're very comfortable doing sales for us. The mainstream consumer, a lot of them, they're still a little bit nervous. They're like, ah, I don't know. But as you may, as the software gets better and better, you're eventually going to cross that chasm into the mainstream where people are going to be like, wow, this is absolutely the way to do it. You know? Um, and so that's where we're really, we're heading towards like, how do we make the software so good? So, so easy. So just, you know, painless that people are like it where the home sellers, like, you know what, it's more painful to use an agent than it is to use the software. And I know the software is going to give me what I want. So that's what we're trying to get to is like, how do we make just such a great 
web web app where people are just like, this is the nice. only way to do it. That's exciting. Looking forward to seeing where that goes. And I guess I'll follow up with you in a couple of months. See what happens. Yeah, but I would love to tell you more about it. So it's a uh, it's an exciting time, and uh, and I also I wanted to mention too. I, I just read, and I don't know if you follow Housing Wire or not. I was reading an article today. It was uh, home flipping returns fall to an eight year low was the headline today, and uh, that's one of the things I, I wanted. You know, it's like when you're when you're trying to make more money on your sales, you know, you definitely got to be looking at all the angles, and that's that's the great thing about the flat fee MLS listings. That's true. Making more money. So I, I usually don't get political, but I just saw a. I saw like a, a news report today and it said something about like Bernie Sanders wants to increase taxes by 25% for home flips. And all of us were like, man, this guy. So we're like, okay, we guess we know who we're not voting for. Well, especially out here, you know, in California, man, we have such a housing problem out here. And it's like, I don't know. It's, I, I read something that, what was it? It was like, they were talking about, oh, it was, it was a Trump administration where they were saying that like, if they solved the housing, if they were able to bring housing costs down, it would take like hundreds of thousands of people off the streets. And we have so many homeless and it's just like, the last thing you want to do is bring housing prices up. I mean, it's just, because that's what would happen if you start doing 25%. I mean, that would be direct, go directly into the home price, right? I guess so. If, if you were taxed. Yeah. I mean, because you're not, I mean, you're not going to take 25% less money. I this. I mean, you might split it, but it's like, the price of the house is going to be, it's going to be reflected in the price of the house. The market right. always wins. I mean, so. it's not like we're selling houses for above market either. They're like, these are, these are market prices. We're just bringing these dumpy houses right. into market condition. Yeah. Yeah. So well, let's hope that one doesn't work out for, for the burn. We'll see. We'll see. So what tips do you have for any, I guess, real estate investors or even aspiring entrepreneurs who want to create a business like yours? I think for the entrepreneur question, I would say I'm a big believer in bootstrapping and I'm a big, cause you're, you have to just figure things out and learning, understanding the business from, you know, to the nuts and bolts of it and how it all fits together. It, it's, I think it, for me, for my, from, for my money, that's the only way to go about it. You don't want to like dilute yourself. You don't want to start giving away equity where that you're going to regret it in the future. Cause it's, you're building a business is hard. And I just, I just think that uh, you shouldn't, don't sell out too early. Don't, don't, don't cave into investors. Don't do any of that. Just figure it all out. And once you're in a point, get, get into a position of strength before you go and sell mm-hmm. the equity, I guess. And then for the investors, I would just say, you know, as it pertains to the flat fee listings, which I think is, is the best thing I could tell them about is like, you know what, when you're doing these, if you do a flat fee listing, make sure you're on the local MLS, make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're getting as many photos as the MLS allows, make sure that you're not paying any fees to make changes to your listing and just watch out for the fine print because that's where we have competitors and that's like how they kind of that's how they kind of pull the wool over the eyes of the uh, flippers as they say okay well you know what it's it's only whatever amount but then by the way it's th- three four five hundred dollars at close or by the way you have to use this at, or they're going to really pressure you to use an escrow company that they control or and th- that's just be careful, I guess. And once you find someone that's doing things honestly and transparently, just, you know, you're, you're golden, but there's a lot, there's some bad actors out there. So just be careful. Yeah. Those are some pretty good tips. How do you keep your perseverance up this past 10 years? You know, I just, I just love, I love this business. I love signing software. So fun. I think helping people save money is so fun because that's what I'm all about. And so it's more like you're just doing things that you really enjoy, you know, and you're dealing with people like that are trying to save money and it's just, it's exciting helping people save money. And so it doesn't really, you know, they say that find a job that you love and you won't work a day in your life. And I feel like I really, and I don't, I'm not saying I love the job every day, but a lot of days I'm just stoked to come in and like, Hey, cool. Like let's save some money. We helped, we just helped a, a, a couple in uh, 
Central Valley, they were they sold the ranch and they they had a ten million dollar. It's going to close escrow in the next couple of days. And they listed for ninety five bucks and it was a ten million dollar property and they sold it. And it's like you know it's 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 just fun seeing helping and that's a very extreme example. But even be, even to save someone ten thousand dollars, that, that's a lot of money, you know. And it's it's just fun to be able to help people out that way where they they were literally like, I'm so stoked that I saved this money. And if you look at our Yelp reviews, actually, we have a lot of a lot of our sellers been very kind. A lot of our sellers been very kind to write reviews for us, and they'll tell you exactly like this is huge, you know, and it feels good. It feels good to help people. <laughs> Absolutely, and you're definitely creating a lot of value in the world too. So, props to you guys. So, thanks a lot for all of your advice today. And I guess tell us more about your company. How can people get in contact with you? You can uh, reach me by uh, email support at homecoin.com. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot them there. You can give us a call. It's 888-400-2513, extension 4. Jump on our website. We have a ton of information on our website. Uh, we actually just launched a, uh, a real estate. Uh, I know you do the meetups. And so we just launched a page where we we have all like the meetups that we're aware of in, in California on, on this page. So it's homecoin.com forward slash real dash estate dash meetups. And so you can see a map and all the contact information. So we're, we're really, uh, any one of those ways you can get a hold of us though, the website, email, phone. Yeah, we're, we would love to work with more flippers. So, Well, John, thank you so much again for your time and looking forward to seeing where your company goes in the near future. Awesome, thank you so much, John. Cool, thanks. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. Homecoin is an interesting platform that breaks down the traditional model and lets you list your property on the MLS for just $95. If you went with a traditional agent, you would be paying around 2.5% of the final sales price as commission to your listing agent, which would be $25,000 for a $1 million house. This is a great solution for anyone who knows how to sell their own homes and doesn't need an expensive professional to come in to market their home for them. It's also great for out-of-area agents who aren't subscribed to the right MLS. And for example, if you're an agent in the Bay Area but get a listing in Los Angeles, you won't be able to list it on that MLS yourself. And if you're an aspiring entrepreneur with a dream to make the world a better place, then go for it. It may be hard at times, but you'll figure out a way to survive. Take up odd jobs and significantly reduce your cost of living. Your dreams are more important than your comfort level. I hope you liked this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second, and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks, and have a great day.